Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast. We are part of the Believe and Buzz Radio Networks. You can hear us on all podcast platforms, so please like, rate, and review us, as well as 102, 106.7 Buzz 2 in Central Arkansas. And always, we are live from Hindman Services Studios. Tonight, I am your host, Porter Hayes, and we are presented to you by Bet Online. And football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From the latest odds, totals, players' performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use your promo code BELIEVE to get that started. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Right to the Olympic coverage is the best in the business from sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination, and Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play on your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. So tonight we have a little bit of difference with you. We, we, we was going to try to go with me and Jacob, have a little technical difficulties with the weather. Jacob then was going to roll on his own and just had some issues with with the transferring of the files from his his computer to mine. So. Here I am solo for the first time on the Hog Talk podcast, and we're going to start you off with with the the basketball. And, you know, you started off the week with with a highly uh, anticipated rematch with uh, LSU. You got them the first time on their floor, and any time you can beat Will Wade and LSU, especially in Bud Walton Arena, it's sweet. And they come in, and they ended up winning the game – 77-76 77-76 in a tight ball game. I mean, it was tighter than what people thought. I mean, everybody thought the way that, you know, Arkansas was rolling, playing at home, in between the top four seeds, which we'll talk about here in a second with the SEC, you thought that Arkansas would handle business, you know, 10, 12 points. But our LSU come to play. I mean, they held them, and they were in the lead for most part of the, the, the second half. And I'll tell you what. Stanley Mude come up big, 23 points. Audis Tony come big with 18. And J.D. Note with 12. And I, it's just – it continues to amaze me, even though he had 12 points. I mean, it just continues to amaze me, the play of J.D. Note and just how he's really stepped up in big key games. And in the second game against Tennessee, I called it last week that it was going to be very, very hard for – Arkansas to go into Knoxville and win this game. We remember what happened last time. You know, Arkansas won the game. Coach Barnes, after the game, was crying about, you know, Jalen getting these charges calls, and it wasn't fair that they were running and throwing these floaters up, and he was getting set after they were already in the air. So you knew it was kind of going to be set up to where, you know, Jalen wasn't going to get the, the, the charging calls that – he usually gets at home, and and whether they're charges or not, 
that, that's neither here nor there because he, they were getting called, and he was taking a lot of charges this year. You know, he's almost up to fifty charges. It, it's it's insane. Nobody has had a stat, you know, or a record book on how many charges you've taken in years. So I guess we can we, we can go UCF and automatically claim that uh, Jalen Williams is the charge king of the nation. You know, so but again, JD Note, I mean, put this team on his back. Did they did everything they could? I mean, this was looked like it was going to be a runaway from the start, and I think at one point it was like thirty five eighteen. He was like, oh, you know, here we go. We knew this was going to be anticipated. We knew that. You know, it was going to be tough to win, but, you know, Tennessee was just on fire from three from the, you know, from the get-go. Finally cooled down. Arkansas come within four points and winning this game. Again, J.D. Note with 20 points. Then you had Stanley Amude with 15. Chris Likes with another 15. And to, to talk about this team, it's, it's a mirror image of last year. Last year was two and four. They ended up getting in the – Two-way tie with Alabama co-champions this year. Started 0-3. And, and of course, there, there's going to be a lot of talk of, well, I can't believe that, you know, Arkansas's beat these teams and this team, but yet they're the four seed. I mean, that just shows you those games early in the season, that 0-3 start, that loss against Vandy, that hurts you. And it's moments like that. If you take that Vandy game, you win that game, you're you're sitting in a much better precision. But if you really look at the grand scheme of it, you got the four seed. You know, you're you're not playing till Friday. You know, you got the double bye. You know, you're out of the first round and the second round, and you're gonna play the winner of the LSU and they play the winner of Ole Miss Missouri. So Ole Miss Missouri will play LSU and then you get the winner of that, which is probably gonna be LSU again. It's a good thing you get the double buy. It gives you time to get rest. But the only thing that scares me is, you know, when you're on such a hot track, you want to keep that hot hand going. You want to keep that rhythm going. And having a long break, yes, you get the rest. But, one, you're in a new setting where you're in a new arena, a bigger venue than, than what you're used to playing in you know, the depth perception, all that. Plus, you're not playing until Friday. So you got to stay sharp. you got to stay fresh. And then you're playing LSU. Well, then if you beat LSU, you've got Auburn. But I would much rather be in a position to where you've got to play LSU to get to Auburn opposed to you have get Kentucky in the semifinals or, you know, you're playing a, a Georgia or an Alabama. I mean, you're playing – if you're down there in Kentucky spot – you're playing the winner of the Alabama-Georgia-Vanderbilt. So the winner of the Georgia-Vanderbilt game goes to play Alabama, more than likely going to be Alabama. You know, then you got to play the winner of Alabama and the winner of that, then you get Tennessee. So do you want Alabama, Kentucky, or do you want LSU or Auburn? I mean, it's kind of a toss-up, but like I was explaining to somebody earlier, I'm not saying that it's a much easier road because you, you you look at LSU, Auburn, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Alabama. Those are all very tough teams. And other than Kentucky and Auburn, you know, well, you've beat LSU twice. Alabama beats you. Tennessee's beat you. So 
I just look at the top half of that bracket and just how it kind of plays out. Auburn, they're, they're playing okay, but they're not playing as good as what I think Tennessee, Alabama, or Kentucky would be playing in this tournament. So that's why I would pick that because I think, honestly, Auburn's the, the more gettable opponent of those that you could be facing in that quarterfinal, semifinal round. So, I mean, best of luck to them. Again, they play Friday. And if they got the second game, so, you know, your first game starts at 11 a.m., so they always start 25 minutes. So we, we know tournament time, all that. So you, you, you never know. This game might not get started till 3 o'clock. So. But you're not going to be waiting all day. It's the second game. So, But that's it for the basketball. Now we'll move on to the baseball where they had a three-game series against Southeastern. Razorbacks come out. They dropped game one, seven to three. Just really kind of couldn't get in the rhythm, especially with the pitching. You know, Connor and Olin come in, gave up three runs. Cole Ramage came in. We thought that, you know, the way he was pitching in the first couple of series, that he was ready to go. He was a different person. Just had just had a bad series, you know, or a bad game, and he gave up three runs. So when you give up six, to, six runs between your first two pitchers, I mean, it's kind of hard to – to just not just not throwing the towel, but hey, we'll we'll get them next game. It's all about winning the series, and, and it's a marathon and not a race. So you drop the first game, you come back in game two of the doubleheader because of weather. You know, and we've experienced the weather today. I mean, it was horrible, and I, I did hear that there was some possible tornadoes down there in the River Valley around the Lamar Russellville area. So if anybody was affected in those storms, prayers with you. Hope, you know, nothing too bad happened to any of the people in the residence down there. But Arkansas ended up winning the second game 4-2, to two, the first game of the doubleheader. And Michael Turner ended up going 2-for-4, three RBIs. Hagen Smith come in and pitched a solid seven innings, only give up two, two earned runs, walked three, but he struck out nine. So, I mean, he had another really good strong showing. Um. Peyton Stovall come in, went one for three, and got the other RBI for Arkansas. I mean, I, I, I guess if, you know, teams like this, you're expecting automatically you're going to win 10 nothing, 11 nothing, 18. You know, we've seen it to where they're putting up 23, 24 runs against some of these teams, but you, you never know, especially in the, in the era when you're getting transfer portal players in and, some of these players that have been waiting, you look at the talent that Arkansas's had, and now it's their turn to step up, and they just might not just be ready for that for the the starting role yet, and and things got to come into place. But I tell you what, they did turn it around in that second game of that doubleheader, scoring eleven runs off of fourteen hits, and then you had Caden Wallace come in three for five, Robert Moore three for five, Jace Bofern three for five. I mean. Jace Bofrin had five RBIs on his own. Kendall Diggs come in one for three with two RBIs. So they finally got it going in that second game of that doubleheader. Jackson Wiggins come in and pitched 6.1 innings, only gave up one earned run, struck out seven. So, I mean, the team, you know, they, they're, they're kind of, like I said, they're hot and cold. Once they get everything rolling, you know, it, it's going to be good because, again, you're getting all these games out of the way getting all these preseason games out of the way, you're playing these series, 
getting your team geared up for SEC because we know what the SEC and used to, we would just say like SEC football. SEC West is the best division in in college football. And then basketball started to turn around. And now look at the baseball. You've got Vandy, you got Ole Miss, you got Mississippi State, you got Arkansas, LSU, South Carolina. I mean, all of these teams that, you know, are really coming up into the programs and you're getting and especially with the way Arkansas is, you're going to get the best of the best every week. You're going to get everybody shot. And I know you don't play Tennessee this year, but especially with Ole Miss and Mississippi State, LSU, those three right there, they want to beat you every single game, and they want to beat you 12 nothing every game. So, it, you know, you've got to stay on edge. You've got to stay on sharp. So it's really good that you have half your season where you're, you're playing these non-conference series and you're – getting geared up because from the time SEC starts until the end of the year, I mean, I guess you can kind of in a way where the SEC tournament comes in, you're kind of, yes, you want to win. And I think it was very important that Arkansas won the SEC tournament last year because do it for Dave. You know, you want to give him one. But for the most part, some of them kind of slack, sandbag, and just get ready for the regionals because it's not a one-and-done deal. You're playing series, and you're the grind from February until June, July – it's just excruciating on these players. And then you're playing, you know, your regionals and then a super regional, and then you're going and playing in Omaha, and it's just taxing trying to get your your rotations and your batting order, you know, your lineup, who plays where the best and who hits in what spot the best. And that's what is so important that you've got a coach like Dave Van Horn and his coaching staff that they know what they're doing. And they know what it's like to, you know, really get things rolling. They've been there before, and that's why they, you know, everybody was giving Dave Van Horn a lot of flack at the beginning of the year because he was talking about, you know, not really having fun. But you know what? Y- you want to make fun of that, but <laughs> look at your other sports. Why don't, why don't you go talk to Coach Saban and, and tell him he don't want to have fun and his, all his national championships? Go, go talk to Bill Belichick and all his Super Bowls and stuff and tell him that he needs to have more fun. It, it's just the way it is. You want to be an elite coach and you want to gain respect from your players, yes, he goes out and lets them have fun. He lets them go out and have a good time, but there's a point where, all right, enough's enough. It, it, it's time to go to work, and that's what it is. It's work. There's a lot of work that take goes into being a Division One athlete, and so it – I'm excited for this year, you know. It's just Hawk fans, you know, you've used to this team being so good so early and you got to remember sometimes you're going to take the bumps. You're not you don't have an Isaiah Campbell, you don't have a Blaine Knight, you don't have a Kevin Copps. But it's okay. You got Connor Nolan, you got Cole Ramage, you got Jackson Wiggins. I mean, you've got a lot of people that are waiting, chomping at the bit to become that next star. Hagen Smith coming in pitching seven innings. So, well, last week I promised you that, you know, we're going to start giving more attention, giving more credit to those other sports, and we're going to start a, a, a new segment, and it's called the, the, the Weekly Sports Rundown, where we're going to give out our shout-outs to the other programs that, you know, don't really get that attention in the sports that they need to 
But before we do, you know, we're going to give a shout out to our sponsors at Grind It Right Stump Grinding in Ilkin, Arkansas. Danny Wright, he does a superb job. Anytime you need some stump grindings, you know, he's the man to call. He's servicing everywhere in Northwest Arkansas. So give him a shout out at Grind It Right Stump Grinding in Elkins, Arkansas, because I know I've got some pesky trees in my backyard. And once you get them cut down, you need somebody to get rid of those stumps. So he's the man to do it. So grind it right, stumping, grinding in Elkins, Arkansas. Also, big shout out to our big sponsors, A Plus Insurance Credit in Ozark, Arkansas. Marcus Berry and Melinda Gregory, they can service all your home, auto, or commercial needs. So be sure to give them a, a follow, a like. And all of our sponsors, we shout out and, and, and tag on our Facebook posts and our social media posts. So anywhere you find our posts, you can find the link to find them and get hooked up with them on all of our podcast posts. And we would love to, of course, our main man, Heidman Services, Corey Heidman. If any of you need any kind of handyman needs in Northwest Arkansas, he's the one to do it. And I don't just say this because it's an ad. This dude, my brother, is is the best in the business, and he would give the shirt off his back for you. So make sure you're giving – Give him a call. Again, you can find all of our sponsors on our links. They got their Facebook group pages. You hit them up. Corey Hyman's got even a little questionnaire where you can get on there and fill out a questionnaire of what exactly you need. And within a day, they're with you and trying to get you on their schedule. So, But with that, gymnastics had a meet against Alabama. Come up a little short, you know, but I'll tell you what. You know, Jordan Weaver's told – us all year you know they wanted to get better and keep getting better and keep getting better and you just Kennedy Hambrick Maggie O'Hara Jensen Scalzo you know just keep on putting on a show Bailey love it I mean just they keep on getting better and better and better and I want to say you know gymnastics is it's a weird sport because you could lose every single meet but they go off your team scores and just because you're losing the meets, if you're scoring your 196s and 198s, and if you're scoring good enough to qualify for the national you know, championships, you're going to win. I mean, they're sitting 3-9 and nine right now. Not a win in the SEC, but again, SEC's tough. SEC's one of the toughest divisions, the toughest conferences in all of gymnastics. But when you have Kennedy Hambrick and you have Sarah Schaefer – Maggie O'Hare, I mean, all these people wanted to come back and be a Razorback. They're trying to build that foundation. And with a coach like Jordan Weber leading the charge, I mean, they're doing nothing but getting better and better. I mean, they had 10,000 show up to Bud Walton Arena for their meet. They got a few meets left before the SEC championship. So be sure to get out there. Pack, pack Barnhill Arena and, and give them some praise, you know, like what we're trying to do, you know, Get out there and support the women. Pack Barnhill Arena. They had, a, the, like I said, that meet at Bud Walton Arena. I think they're going to try to do that once a year. So be, be sure to show up for them. Next, we got the, the women's tennis where we had Morgan Cross. She earned her first SEC Player of the Week, announced by the league office on Wednesday. But also, the head coach, Christina Chantez Quintanar, picked up her first SEC win 
as the head coach of Arkansas. So that's going to be our shout-out of the week because you always want to show love to the coaches. We've seen the coaching staff that has come to Arkansas. So congratulations, Chris Coach Quentin R., on picking up your first win as a head coach at the University of Arkansas. On to the men's. They had a, a doubleheader matchup, had ORU and UCF, and they split beating ORU and getting beat by UCF. But now they, Arkansas is 8-1 and one at home, and they are, I don't believe they're ranked, but they, eight, they ended up losing to UCF, Oral Roberts, and now they're 8-1 and one on the year. So congratulations to them. You know, we have a lot of good programs at the University of Arkansas and the men's tennis, women's tennis. I mean, they just keep on some of these teams who are at the bottom of the SEC and now they're working their way up and, and getting wins in the SEC. The men's golf team went to the Cabo Collegiate Invitational where they got fourth behind Florida State, Texas Tech, and Vanderbilt. For Arkansas, Mateo Fernandez de la Vera was the high scorer. He shot a 69, 65, and 71, finishing with a 205. And Julian Perico had a 70, 71, and a 65 with a 206. So another, I mean, number nine in the nation, I believe, the, the men are. And I try to look up their schedule, see what they got next. And the women, of course, Women, they went to the Darius Rucker Intercollegiate in South Carolina at Hilton Head. Excuse me, the women are number nine in the nation. They ended up finishing, oh, uh, they finished eighth at nine over. Wake Forest ended up winning, and Junior Kajal Mystery had a great final day shooting a one under 70, the best by any hog at the Darius Rucker Invitational. So that will do it for your weekly rundown of all things going on with uh, sports at Arkansas. And we're going to continue to try to do that every week. But we're at a break. So after the break, we're going to talk about the, the women at the SEC Women's Tournament in Nashville and finish it up with the softball. So catch us after the break. Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in South Central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. Are you ready to tackle your to-do list without getting your hands dirty? Then it's time to call Heinemann Services in Springdale. Corey and his team specialize in A to Z home repair, in-home transformations, plumbing and dryer vent cleaning. Got a man cave? Heinemann Services can make it better. Got a she shed? They can make it better. Call today, 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. Or check them out online, HeinemannServices.com. That's H-I-N-D-M-A-N Services.com. Heinemann Services, honeydews have never been so easy. McCoy Tiger Drug Store of Sheridan, Arkansas has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. 
They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They're located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. Give them a call today at 870-942-5121. And welcome back to the Hog Talk Podcast. And we now switch things over to the Arkansas women's basketball team who traveled to Nashville for the SEC women's tournament. And before the tournament began, they gave out their awards for the SEC play. And Amber Ramirez got second team All-SEC. Jersey Waffenberger got freshman All-SEC. And Samara Spencer picked up freshman of the year. And I, I tell you what, being able to watch this team all year, Coach Neighbor said before the year that Samara was going to be something special. And I'll tell you, I mean, with with how she played when Michaela Daniels went down, how she stepped up, never lost a beat, grew, broken nose and all, face mask and all, come out and gave it at all every single game, end up getting freshman of the week four times. So, I mean, it was only fitting that she was going to be your unanimous selection for freshman of the year. And, and I agree with Coach Neighbors on this that it, it was a travesty. And I know every year there's snubs on All-Stars and this and that. But I'll tell you what, to not give Sasha Goforth defensive all-team defensive player in the SEC, they must have not have really been watching on who she was guarding and what she was doing to those opposing players and who she was having to guard. I mean, it was just ridiculous. And even – Jersey coming in, I mean, yes, she got for all freshman team, but to be thrown in the fire and you look at who is in this SEC, you watch this tournament where Kentucky ended up upsetting South Carolina. And I know we always say there's turning points in, in games, and you hope your team has one of those moments. But for Kentucky to beat South Carolina and what they did, I think that turning point was the Arkansas game for them. Ryan Harrod came out and was just on fire, scored 29 points. And from there, it's like they just were on another level. And the run that they had to do to get to even get to South Carolina, you know, you go through LSU, you go through Tennessee, and then you go through South Carolina. I mean, that, you're talking about a gauntlet. I mean, that's like Arkansas beating Tennessee, beating Auburn, and then beating Kentucky. I mean, I, that's exactly what it's like. And so major props to Kentucky for winning the SEC championship in Nashville. But that doesn't change the fact that South Carolina is still the number one team. not saying you don't have to watch out for Kentucky because I'm telling you, Ron Howard's a dog. But also, so is Aaliyah Boston. So is Henderson. So is Cook. I mean, they're just loaded with talent. And that showed in the second game that we'll talk about here in a second. But Arkansas drew Missouri in the first game. Tight game, back and forth. Went into overtime, and that's just where Arkansas pulled away. Ended up winning 61-52 in overtime. You had... Amber Ramirez finished with 17 points. Michaela Daniels had 13. Samara and Sasha each had 11. But you look at the game where, and this has been the telltale 
all season with this team. When they put it all together on offense and defense, and you look at the plus-minus, Samara was 11 plus-minus, Michaela was 12 plus-minus, Sasha and Amber was 9 plus-minus. I mean, that you know that just shows you how good you're playing on offense and defense, and for them to take it to overtime and to pull away, you know, this team has played so many games at the end where they had to play five games in ten days and then go to the SEC women's tournament because they had to pick up an extra game against Ole Miss and to play without Barnum for a lot of the season, to play without Michaela Daniels for most of the season, to have a player leave midseason off your program. I mean, Mike said it was going to be a rebuilding year. It was gonna. You know, he didn't think Amber was going to come back. She decided to come back, and being the lone senior, she wanted to try to get – she wants to go to the NCAA tournament, and she wants to get that win. She wants to take this program to another level than it was last year. You know, they've had their deep runs in the SEC. That's, that's where they made a name for themselves in Greenville, when they made those deep runs in the SEC women's tournament, making it to the finals, the semifinals, just last year, you know, losing the first round to Ole Miss. And then this year – Losing, you know, to South Carolina. But, I mean, other than Missouri, nobody's beaten South Carolina. I mean, Leah Boston having double-doubles for 21, 22 straight games and getting all SEC team. Of course, Ryan Harrod picking him with the, the MVP, MVP of the tournament. But they did face South Carolina, and it was just, you know, it, it, it's so hard to match up. And the way at, at first when I was watching the game, and how they had their bigs on the guards. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be, you know, it's a decent matchup. I'm not saying Arkansas was going to run away with it, and, but they had a, they could have won. They, they they had a chance to sit there and, and, and pull away. And the shots just, it was just, the shots weren't going in. They were getting, you know, picking up fouls, and they were just getting to where the bigs were guarding their guards, their guards were guarding their bigs. And when you have Aaliyah Boston – and uh, the other one, Letitia Amiri, you know, they just combined both of them 17 and 16, 33 points of their 76. Two players, you know, Samara had 10 points. Michaela had nine. Riley Langerman come in, was two for four from the three-point line. Michaela Daniels was two for nine from the three-point line. I mean, you just – but you have your shooters in there. Amber only – had seven shots, two for three from the three point or free throw line. They did shoot up, and that was the thing. You know, sixty percent from the free throw line. That, that's hard to win in a quality game like South Carolina. You know, it, it's hard to 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 beat any really good team when you're shooting that poor from the free throw line. So they have a week off. The SEC Women's Tournament plays their tournament a week before a lot of the others do, as well as a few others this week. So they're going to have a week off, and then they'll wait to see where their seeding's going to be in the NCAA Women's Tournament. I've heard anything from a 10 seed, 10-9 seed. You don't want that 8-9 game, of course, because then you got to play a number one seed if you ended up winning the game. If you're that 10 seed, you're playing a 7 seed, so – but you never know what's going to happen. This team's got plenty of time to rest. You got all week, and then of course, you know the week of the NCAA tournament. Depending on what region you go to and how far you got to travel, what day of the game, 
that that just gives your team more rest. And if there's not a team in the country that needs rest more than any, it's the Arkansas Razorbacks because just playing unhealthy, playing down most of the season, of course, like I said, with Michaela and Aaron going out, getting them back in the lineup, getting their feet set, getting them ready, and, of course, getting some of these players that's, you know, that they've never been to the NCAA tournament. This will be the first time for them. So it's going to be good to see where they land, what seed they get. It's going to be very interesting. Hopefully I'll be up there for the selection. I was supposed to go to Nashville. Things fell through. But next year, next couple of years, the, NCAA, the SEC Women's Tournament is going to be held in Greenville, South Carolina. Got plenty of family out there. So I'm definitely going to be making it out there next year. We're going to wrap up the podcast with the softball team. They had the Easton Rumble, Razorback Rumble at Bogle Park. And in game one, they played Missouri State, ended up winning that in 6-1. Had Hannah Gamble go two for two. And Lenny Malkin, one for three with two RBIs. Taylor Ellsworth, one for three with two RBIs. And I'll tell you what, you you talking about – a a transfer player that's come in and set this team on fire. Taylor's come in. She's top three in every major category in on the offensive side of the ball. Had a chance to talk with her the other day, and just having the lineup that she has around her as a transfer coming in, trying to fit in with a new team, and seeing when you have Malkin, you have Gibson, you have McEwen, you know, all the ones that are around you, it makes it easier to get adjusted. And I did ask against that Louisville game when they had a pitcher that was just throwing a lot of off-speed pitches, a lot of slower pitches, and you're used to somebody coming in just throwing gas, and it was harder for them. But yet, that gets you prepared for the next time you see somebody like that. Your timing's going to be ready for it. You're going to get in the rhythm, and it's going to pay off. And I'll tell you what, I mean, they ended up getting seven hits, six RBIs, Shanice Delcy, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you want to talk about another one that's come in and just I, I was attending practice and they were working with her pitching. And in the last three games, she's had 10 strikeouts each game, 30 strikeouts in three games. And it's just incredible, just her speed. And she's got this drop ball that just comes in and just drops like, like you're just pulling a string on this thing coming in and just fooling batters. And so is, I'm really proud of her coming in. You know, you've got a pitcher like Mary half, you got Jenna bloom and Mary and Jenna was kind of struggling there for a little bit, but to have a, I mean, you get this, this lineup, you get this rotation with half bloom and Delcy going on. That's going to be dangerous. That's going to be very dangerous come SEC play because Shanice has got that drop, but she's got that speed too. I mean, she can just blow it right by you, and we know what Mary can do. We've seen what Jenna can do. They moved to 12-4 and four on the year, 14-4 and four on the year, excuse me. But in the game two, they played at Kennesaw State. They ended up winning 6-4. And again, like I said, like in the baseball, you know, you've got these, these smaller schools that come in. And you're playing on 200-foot fences. You're playing 220 down, right down the middle, 200 on the side. So you never know what you're going to get. One, one rise ball, one one ball left out over the plate with these these Division One baseball and softball players, and they're going to put it out of the park. And that's what Kennesaw did. You know, they're 4-11 on the year. Ended up getting 10 hits, 
off Mary Half and Jenna Bloom. Mary Half came in and pitched four innings, gave up two runs. Jenna Bloom came in and finished the final three innings, gave up two runs. Mary had five strikeouts, and Jenna had two strikeouts. The next game, they played Kansas City, and that's where the bats come loose. KB Sides, another transfer come in, three for three, three RBIs. Taylor Ellsworth, another, I mean, nothing you can keep saying about Taylor. Two for three, four RBIs. Lenny Malkin, two for three with an RBI. And Daniel Gibson went one for three. But Jenna Bloom come in and pitched four innings, struck out five, and then Callie Turner came in and finished it off in the fifth inning because of the run rule and ended up getting only given up uh, one hit. So altogether they gave up three hits in that game against Kansas City. Next game they played Missouri State again, winning that 11-3 in five innings. KB Sides went three for three with three RBIs. Taylor Ellsworth went three for four with one RBI. But the story of the game was Daniel Gibson. Three for three, four home runs. But I want to tell you, you 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 know where Bogle Park lies. And I don't know how many of you are, you know, have, have played baseball, have played softball. But, you know, I've played softball, I've played baseball, and there's nothing like a feeling when you – it's almost like when you shoot a shot and you know it's going in. You throw a ball and you know it's a touchdown. But when you swing that bat, you hit that ball and you know it's gone, it's just one of those feelings in sports that you have that you're just like, holy cow. And when I say she hit this ball, I think it's one of the furthest ones I've ever seen hit at Bogle Park but she hit it into the road over the both fences. I, don't, I think it landed in Elkins. I mean, it was just crazy. And we all remember, or, or some might remember, some forget, she was the only person to ever hit a home run cycle. Never been done in any sport, home run cycle. So, I mean, she absolutely smashed that ball. They finished it up with Kennesaw State, beat them 9-1. to one. You had Daniel Gibson go two for three, two RBIs. KB Sides went one for three for two RBIs. And then you had Ryland Hedgecock had three hits at three bats with three RBIs. Shanice come in again, five in, struck out ten in five innings, only gave up one earned run. I mean, I, I'll tell you what, it was five and one on the year for Shanice and – at, this is another program that you're you're just waiting to take that next step. You're just waiting for them to – we've seen what they did last year in the run that they did, getting to the SEC, getting past the regional, and hosting a super regional. And what Courtney Diefel has done with this program, and, and a couple months ago we got to – talk with the number one recruiting class in the nation. And just seeing some of these kids commit so early, I think that was the thing that was just the biggest surprise to me, that they seen well before any of the casual fans, me included, seen what was going on with this program and what Coach Diefel and her staff, Coach Yo, Coach Matt, what what they've done with with this team and this program 
And for all of them at the age of 16, 17 to commit to Arkansas and believe in what coach is doing, it, it, it's incredible. It's incredible to see just really what's going on at every program at Arkansas and how we've talked about last year, all we needed was the football team to get going and just so everything can come together. This fan base has been longing for Arkansas to be good at sports, and this is one of the best fan bases in all of college sports. And they deserve, y'all deserve Arkansas to be good year-round. Y'all, y'all have been through so much to where the football team's not winning SEC games. Men's basketball team, you know, you might have a good football year, and then the basketball team, then your baseball team has an okay year. Now we've seen the baseball team, Omaha or bust. We've seen what the basketball team going to the Elite Eight. We've seen nine SEC championships in the last year between the softball and the baseball and the basketball track and field. Like I said, last week we mentioned they swept another SEC championship. I mean, just everything that's going on. You you have the women's golf team producing pros left and right. Every year, I think for the past five years, they've produced a pro. Brooke Matthews, the the latest, she's a freshman phenom. The latest one to go and and make it to the pros. I mean, it's crazy just the amount of talent that we see. The soccer team, what Colby Hell's done there with the soccer team and producing the pros. And and that's one thing that you got to give Hunter your check. You know, you got to give him credit because yes, he didn't bring some of these coaches in, but he's keeping them. And he and the coaches he is bringing in, he's keeping them. The assistants that are tied to these head coaches He's making sure everybody's taken care of because he knows, yes, it is very important to have your head coach. But a family is stronger than just one person. And when you have a staff and you have your assistants that are just as much of a part of what you do, like Coach Dyfel, when she won SEC Coach of the Year, she's like, no, it's a staff. She didn't want any of the credit. The most humble person I've ever been around. She said, "This is a staff of the year award. This is not. This is not my award alone. And you gotta love that. And if you don't see that, and what Sam Pittman's done in Arkansas, it, there, there's got to be a brick wall for every coach that is here at Arkansas because you want to run through one of them for each one of them. Colby Hell, Jordan Weaver, what she's done, Coach Watson at the volleyball team. You know what he's done. Shauna Taylor for the golf team. You've seen the." Women's tennis coach get pick up her first win. It was funny, you know, one of the favorite stories that, you know, Coach Neighbors told us when he first came on the podcast. You know, when when you come in and you're trying to build a program and you're sitting next to Dave Van Orn and all these great coaches, and you're like, <laughs> what am I doing here? Now you look where he's built his program, where he's at, and continuing to grow. And you think it's fun now. You think the excitement's here. I'll be the first to tell you that it's only going to get better because you have the softball program bringing in the number one recruiting class next year. Basketball in the next couple of years for the women, they're going to have a top five class. I, I guarantee you that. They're going to have a top five class. You see what Eric Musselman's done with the basketball program 
and what he's bringing in, the people he's been able to flip to get to come to Arkansas. Coach Sam Pittman, what he's done with the recruiting and what he's been able to do with what he's been able to get. And now he's getting these transfers to come in, these four- and five-star transfers to come in. They're not coming in from mid-majors anymore. They're not coming in from schools where they're barely getting playing time. You're getting top-notch players from top-notch programs, and that is going to pay dividends in the long run when you're able to do this year in and year out alongside of what you've got coming back. It just makes everything more exciting. And I think what's going to happen is you're going to be flooded with a bunch of more SEC championships, and you might be flooded with a couple of national championships. What sport they're in, I don't know. I wish I could tell you. But I just have a feeling that one of these sports, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, or a women's program, softball, soccer, women's basketball. It's not going to be easy, but I can tell you that one of these programs is going to come through and get a national championship. There might be a couple in the same year. And I'm telling you what, y'all think the fan base is on fire now. Wait till a couple of them get a couple of national championships, get a couple of banners hanging up in the rafters or on the, on the field. It's going to be an exciting time. But we've come to the end of this episode. Again, we apologize for the technical difficulties going on. Next week, Jacob will be back with me. We'll try to get this thing figured out. Try to do the best I could riding solo, so I hope you hang with us. I hope you're back next week, and we really appreciate all of our fans. We really appreciate all of our sponsors because without y'all, we couldn't do what we're doing right now. So we really want to appreciate all of the fans that we have and all of our sponsors, and that will do it for another episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. We are presented to you again by Bet Online and Woo Pig. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube